Good Shepard, I'm going to help with that. But before he does, I thought I'd just... Uh, can we swap over to the Mac? Hopefully it's running. And I'll look for where I put my iPad. Yep, yep. iPad. Uh, but first of all, when I, was a, uh, when I was a young whippersnapper, I was in a band, and our band went to Wellington to play, and I encountered um, a youth group song that people sang. So I'd like to pass this on from an old youth group to a new youth group. Um, feel free to treat it any way you like. Um, I just, I'll just i get the controls in front of me. Yep, do you want to hold that? That's great. Now, I've asked Linda to help because Linda is from Wellington. Yeah. So she re remembers this. Does anyone know this song? Okay, so it, uh, just to learn, learn the second part, which is kind of hallelujah. Ooyah, ooyah, ooyah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, okay, you get a choice. If you are feeling like you don't want to sing, but you want to be kind of burpy about it, you a bit go, like a lamb. You go, ooh, 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 Okay? So it goes, hallelujah. Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Okay, one more time. Hallelujah. Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Hallelujah. Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Okay, so you join in you're going to choose, you either go the hallelujah or you do the hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Here is this guy. And then the second part's really simple because it's a, an echo. So, uh, shall I do the first part? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it goes, Jesus got, uh, Jesus got heaps of lambs. Jesus got heaps of lambs. And they are white as snow. And they are white as snow. And everywhere that Jesus went. And everywhere that Jesus went. Them lambs were sure to go. Them lambs were sure to go. Two, three, four. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, we'll try it one more time just for its oddity. I didn't put the second verse. Do you want to try the second verse? Okay. <laughs> I was lost, but once was found. Oh, yes. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was lost, but, but now, now I'm found. No more walking on sandy no, gr stony ground. No on stony ground. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Two, three, four. Hallelujah. 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 One more time. Jesus got, got heaps of lambs. He's got heaps of lambs. And they are white as snow. And everywhere that Jesus went. And everywhere that Jesus went. Them lambs were sure to go. Them lambs were sure to go. Two, three, four. Hallelujah. 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 I've got another one. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. Just to save the lost. Just to save the lost. Oh, oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come <laughs> on and say, it's the Lord. Come on and praise the Lord. Okay, this time. Hallelujah. 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 So that goal was to remind you of the Good Shepherd, break the ice, and invite David to come and bring us to a deeper level. So um, we're, we've been doing the I Am's, and we're looking at the Good Shepherd. It'll just take me a moment to reconnect and get this going. And uh, I asked David to come, come up and share because, oh, I've lost my slides completely. Really lost the place. I asked David and, uh, to come up and share because David and Simone have spent their lives discipling young adults. Have a seat, David, so you can relax. Um, and they both know their Bibles and love their Bibles. 
And something you may not know about David is that his father was a farmer. Yeah. And so he spent some time with sheep. I had spent quite a part of my teenage years looking after sheep, but they were better behaved than some of the ones in here. (laughs) (laughs) A big toy. So David and I met during the week and we compared notes. Um, We're going to be reading from John chapter uh, 10. But if we're reading from John 10, it's kind of helpful to know what's happened before that. Um, So we were talking about it and... um, The deal with John 10, what has happened before that is there's been a blind man who's been in a temple and Jesus has healed him. And you would think that would just be fantastic and everyone would be rejoicing, but that's not quite how it works out, is it? No. Instead, they they take him to the priests and the priests kick him out. Well, I I have a little exercise for you here this morning. Would you firstly just shut your eyes and then put your hands over them? Can you see very much? (laughs) Well, this guy in the temple, you can take your hands away now. Uh, This guy in the temple, we don't know his age. He may have been late teens, 20s, 30s. He had just had his eyes open. He had lived all his life in that darkness. And then Jesus comes, heals him, And the Pharisees can't believe it. Who was the guy that healed you? And the the poor guy, he he said, well, it was Jesus. And they said, it couldn't be him, he's a sinner. And sinners don't do that sort of thing. All down through our history, no one who was a sinner healed any, opened anybody's eyes. And so he said, well, I don't know. And in the end, they kicked him out of the temple. He said, you, what do they say here? Uh, you were born a total sinner, they said. And they threw him out of the synagogue. And then I like the passage. This is in verse 35 of John 9. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man. This was the good shepherd now. And he asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man said, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he's speaking to you. You're looking right into the face of pure love right now. Yes, Lord, I believe, he said, and he worshipped him. I find that touching. But we've been singing about that this morning, haven't we? Looking into the face of pure love. So from there, Jesus, and by the way, I think we're going to see that man in heaven when we get there one day. Um, In the meantime, we've got some things to do, but uh, the Pharisees, no, no, sorry, Jesus then started telling a story about the sheep and the fold, how how he was the gate to the sheepfold, because the Pharisees were making themselves gatekeepers as to who could come into the temple. And then he follows on from that theme of sheep to our story this morning, where he says, I am the good shepherd, and he expands on that. So if you've got a Bible handy, you can open it up. Failing that, the text will be above. And I'm going to read it, and then David's going to talk about it. I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons, he abandons his sheep and runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. David, what do we know of the shepherd? The shepherd. He calls himself the good shepherd. So I was thinking about that. He could be good as a shepherd, looking after the sheep. But I think it was more than that. He was good. He was morally righteous. He had never done anything wrong in his whole life. So he was good, and this was acceptable to God. His character was good. His job was good. But more than that, he laid down his life for the sheep. Now, in the story, I'm not sure he died, but he was prepared to. So these bad people, bad things came along. He would, he would look after the sheep because they, he knew who they were and he knew they, the intruders were not supposed to be there. So, and then we know that as we've sung this morning, he did come, he did die. The shepherds became the lamb of God. But the thing that I was thinking about, what's it mean to be a good shepherd? Well, if you change the name of sheep for children... What does it mean to be a good parent? And I know we had, in an earlier life, Simone and I had four young boys under the age of five. This hair is this colour for a reason. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Um, they were great kids and we loved them. We would have done anything for them, as any parent here this morning will have done, or or is doing. You want the best in terms of their education, their friendships, their sporting activities, their musical uh, instruments and so on, their friendships. You will give your life for them. And we did. We sacrificed our life for the children. Outside of work there wasn't much else we did. So that gives me a wee bit of an insight what it means to give your life but I had another thought. We were looking after some of our grandchildren during the week. And I thought, now, if we went down to the playground just outside the mall here in uh, <coughs> Parklands, we had these three or four little children running around with us, and we saw a guy come across the paddock with a baseball bat, or worse, a machete. And he was somewhat deranged. And he went started going for the children what would you do you'd give your life for the defending of those children wouldn't you and so Jesus looking after the sheep is prepared and did give his life for us I've got one for you David hmm. Just I, um, I remember riding a motorbike at night and seeing a dog on the road and I was probably going a little bit fast and it was coming up to a corner and you just have that moment where you think I can avoid this dog by putting my motorcycle on the ground, but laying my motorcycle down and going for a crasher. Or I can stamp on the brakes really hard and stay upright, in which case I'll be okay, um, but I might hit the dog. Um, well, I did run over the tail of the dog. I stayed upright. But if it had been a person, mm -hmm. I'd lay down the bike. Yeah. 
that's what the good shepherd does, lays down. Oh, the dog seemed to be okay. It yelped, and then it ran away and never saw again. <laughs> Sorry, dog lovers. Shouldn't have told that story in Parklands. Inappropriate. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Sorry? Psalm 23. Yes, I was just looking at Psalm 23. Awesome. You never know that we've prepared this, would you? Yeah. <laughs> Psalm 23. Is it on the screen? Yep. Beautiful, a beautiful phrase. The first three verses of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And you can read it because I can't see it. <laughs> I shall not want. Then you get the pastoral side. He makes me... He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The shepherd gives his life and he knows where to take the sheep. So, oh, I have another passage I'd like to read to you because this is not in the notes. That's right. Um, I, I brought my Bible to church for the first time today for a long time. Normally it's on here, but I thought I'd read it out here from Romans 8. This is the good shepherd has given his life for, for the sheep. What can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since God did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all, will God who gave us Christ, won't God who gave us Christ also give us everything else? God's given us the best. He's going to give us the rest to keep us walking with following Jesus. So what do we do with this? This piece of information. It's a reality. And I, I was thinking, it's one of those truths that you just want to sit and think and enjoy. The reality of what God has done for you. You can't improve on it. He's done it. And it's like sitting, looking at a sunset, a beautiful sunset. And sometimes I just stand and watch as, as the sun goes down and I, think, and I think to myself, thank you, Lord, you did that just for me. <laughs> Something to sit, you, you can't improve on the sunset. You just enjoy it. And so it is with the good shepherd. He is your shepherd. If you've committed your life to him, enjoy the privilege of that and live in the light of it. He is your good shepherd and mine. There's a bit more of a passage to read. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. What's this talking about, do you think, David? Well, if the first verse we looked at was the good shepherd, it's talking about his commitment to us. I think this passage is talking about his relationship with us. It's a relationship of intimacy. Think about that for a moment. Intimacy. He knows everything about you. It's, an it's a relationship of understanding. He knows where we're going, what we're doing. And closeness. He's with us. And he says, I know my own sheep 
and they know me. It's a personal thing. And there's mutual interaction as he as we go through our lives, he's involved with us and we are listening to him. And so this this idea of a relationship with the good shepherd is so important. I know when I was on the farm, uh, the sheep we had no relationship with the sheep. It was a if there was one, it was one of fear, because I had a dog with me. And and there was no sense of closeness or trust or anything like that. But that's different here. Here this good shepherd he would speak and the sheep would follow. And I was talking to Ian France just earlier this week about some of this stuff and Ian said, I know what that's like. In the cafe that I run out at Kaiapoi, he had a lot of people coming through. Some are from disadvantaged situations. But he said, as they come in, I sit and I talk with them. I get to know them. And we interact together. I can tell you what they're going to want for their coffee and how many sugars they have. Because he knows them. And... I see my wife do this when we have a home group too. She knows what everybody had in their cup of tea. I couldn't even tell her it was tea or coffee. But so Ian knows his people out there. And that's a a very uh, minimal illustration of how the Good Shepherd knows us. I I read something else just recently too about the shepherd and, and you'll be familiar with the, the one lamb that heads off from and, and leaves the 99 and the shepherd goes to, to bring them back and this actually yeah, hello <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, the she- not to be put off <laughs> the the shepherd, if they found that a lamb would continue to stray and not get the message that you're supposed to stay around the way of the shepherd, the shepherd would take this lamb, twist its leg so that it couldn't walk. And then they'd take the, sh- the lamb and they put it around their shoulder and carry it. So that the lamb would start to hear the shepherd's voice. And this was someone who'd been in the Holy Land just recently. And so that lamb would get to hear the master's voice and then later when the, the leg had healed, they would stay around. I think, isn't that a wonderful picture? Um, <clears throat> I think Psalm 139 helps me understand. Um, have you got that call? You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Hmm. That again puts it in perspective, doesn't it? By, written by another shepherd, David the Psalmist, the shepherd boy. Um, but also, I was thinking about this lamb across your shoulder. There are times when you go through difficult things and... and I'm sure in, a, in a, a, group, a mob of sheep like this, there's bound to be one or two going through some pretty tough times. And so listen to what the shepherd might be saying. It's not a matter of why did this happen, 
But Lord, what are you trying to say here? Help me to understand what you want me to pick up in my life at this moment. I think when it comes to intimacy, how do we develop that? It's not complicated. It can be messy though. We need to spend time with the shepherd, listening to him. We need to spend time in the Bible, whether it be in page or on phone. Spend time reading, listening, and then listen to what he might be saying by his spirit as you spend time and as you talk with him. Get to know him personally. He's longing for that. He died for that. He desires your fellowship. Now, Now you would think that this is really good news, that the people listening would think this is good. But actually, that's not quite how it goes on in the passage. Um, the, the religious powerful don't like this at all. In fact, um, when Jesus refers to being a good shepherd, it, it, it's provoking. They get quite angry. Mm. They think he's claimed to be the Messiah and they want to toss him out. Mm. Am I going to read John? Uh, no. no, I think we're... Yeah, John 10, 27. To so here we go. John 10, 26 to 30. Uh, yep. But you do not believe... So this is Jesus speaking to the priests who have been reacting against it. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Hmm. And then the Pharisees became stoners. <laughs> and, uh, but we'll get onto that in a few moments. The passage that Colin just read has a number of things that we could touch on, but there's only one I want to touch on this morning. And that is that he, the good shepherd gives his sheep eternal life and they will never perish. This is an, an amazing promise spoken by Jesus, recorded by John to you and to me. To me and to you. So we've got it almost straight from the master's mouth. He has given us eternal life and we shall never perish. In my earlier days, I had a couple of acquaintances who were having some, they became believers. One was an aircraft engineer and the other was a, a, a surgeon. So they were men of some mental capacity and ability. They had difficulty accepting that God had accepted them. And they struggled with this. They, they were miserable. They looked like death warmed up. And they went around for some months just sad, worse than when they had become believers. And they were struggling. How do I ensure that I'm certain that I'm one of Christ's followers? And it wasn't until they came to this verse and, and they began to understand it And if you look at the whole passage there, it says that I give them eternal life, they shall never perish, they are in my hand. 
And the Father's hand is around that again. And so it wasn't how hard they were holding on to God. It was how strongly Jesus was holding on to them. And they had to abandon themselves and trust him and believe him and live in the light of that. And then other passages came to light as the Holy Spirit showed them more. And so it is this morning. Who are you holding on to or who's holding on to you? Are you convinced of your relationship with God? Because Jesus says, I've got you. And I'm not going to fail you. If we are to lose our salvation, Jesus has to fail. God the Father has to fail. The Holy Spirit of God has to fail. It's not about to happen, friends. We are, we've got a God who is so powerful. So, so what does that mean if I, I believe this but I have doubts? Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> um, I think we have to go back to the Master's word. For me personally, in my, I had an earlier life at university and I used to do a lot of evangelism in those days. And I'd go out and share my faith with people on the campus. They would ask some dumb questions and some very good questions that I had no answers for. So I'd go and find out. But one day I, I remember this very clearly in the engineering school, sitting down, talking to this young fella, and I shared the gospel with him, and I thought to myself, what a stupid story this is. What a fairy tale. How can you believe this stuff? And, and I, I was having a crisis of faith at that point. I couldn't believe the very things I was trying to tell people. So over a period of time, I felt, I, and because I've been brought in a, up in a Christian family, you just begin to adopt some of the things that your family do. I realised that I couldn't have a second-hand faith. I've got to, this has got to be real for me. So at that point, I went back and I read some history. And for an engineer, that's pretty hard going. Um, <laughs> but I subsequently discovered that history is quite interesting. But I, I do some reading of history about the, the facts of who Jesus was and how he existed in history. What happened back that changed our, our calendar system around about zero, thereabouts? The whole uh, calendar system changed. Something big happened back there to do that, to cause that. And then I started to look through the biographies of Jesus and realised that they're all different pictures of the same person. And I found that my faith began to grow as, I, as, as the historical Jesus became the real Jesus. Um, what about if you don't believe at all? And by the way, if you don't believe at all, thrilled you're here. Love to have you here. Yep. Yeah. What about that? Does this passage say anything for people who have no belief? What if you don't believe? I think be patient. Inquire. Read some, read the Gospels to see if that's relevant to you. And if, God, if you are there, would you help me? And 
like the, the blind man who is cured of blindness. Who is he that I might believe him? Show me. Show me yourself. And I think that, that comes through. Yeah, because I think, look, the, the, the line talks about my sheep listen to my voice. If you're listening, mm. if you're listening, that's a good space to be in. Mm. You're likely to hear. Remembering that these words, they're said to um, priests who've thrown that blind man out. So that, that stuff is saying, well, you're not, you, don't believe, um, you do not believe because you're not, you're not my sheep. And then implying that you don't listen to my words mm. is because they've been getting in the way of someone who's trying to get close. Mm. How would you summarise this? Uh, well, firstly, he is the good shepherd. That talks about sacrifice and commitment. He knows his sheep and they know him. That talks about relationship, verse 14. He gives them eternal life and they shall never perish. That's security. And those, that's a quick summary of where we've come. Uh, I think the thing that impresses me, and it was this I'll finish, <laughs> I think we're faced like the Pharisees and like the blind man. The blind man said, who is he that I might believe him? And he worshipped him. The Pharisees picked up stones to kill him. They were unteachable, rebellious, and a bunch of stoners. And Jesus persisted later on in the chapter they had another go at him but he slipped away and went out into the desert so I think we're faced with the same thing worship or rejection and I trust that each of us this morning are on the side of the worship so I trust him, listen to him and as we go into the week we can go with the knowledge and assurance that the good shepherd He's on my side. He's with me. And it won't always be sweet and rosy, but the good shepherd is with you. Take that away. So in appreciation of the fact that we don't have a bad shepherd, I, for one, am grateful for that, um, I asked David if he would bring our service to an end with him praying for us. And then after that, we have tea and coffee, and there is bread. If you're new here, the bread at the back, it's a couple of days old, uh, or a day old. You're welcome to take some home. Please do, because otherwise we're going to have to lug it out some other way and um, grate in the microwave. David, would you pray for us? Mm, thank Thanks. you. Let's pray. Father, we just bow in your presence today, grateful that you are that Jesus was our great, our, our good shepherd. He is our good shepherd. He was the Lamb of God who became a good shepherd. And Father, we thank you that you know us intimately better than we know ourselves. We thank you that you love us, you care for us, you are committed to us. And Father, we want to have hearts that worship you this morning as we realise the price that you paid that we could do that. Thank you so much for these words, this, this uh, <clears throat> story of the Good Shepherd. Lord, it encourages our hearts and we, we pray that you would deal with thoughts of uh, uncertainty for those who are struggling. Keep us from being like the Pharisees who had all the religious trappings but they had not realised who Jesus really was. So Father, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. 
And we thank you for this new week to walk with you as our shepherd. And we give you our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't go without um, catching up with someone. If you're new, talk to somebody who doesn't know you. Tea and coffee. There's copies of notes from this at the back table. Thanks for coming, guys. Kia ora.